Welcome to Leadership Conversations with Josh Reich and Casey Sees. We have the conversations leaders want to have so they can win at leadership. Now, on to our show. Welcome back to another episode of Leadership Conversations. I'm Casey Cease with my co-host, Josh Reich. Josh, how's it going today? It's good, Casey. It's a, it's a good Monday. How are you today? Man, doing well, man. You know, you and I are both lead pastors of churches, and Mondays are often interesting days for guys like us. And, and as we go through life and ministry and leadership, you know, I as a bivocational pastor, uh, you as a lead pastor, author, blogger, speaker, etc., uh, a lot of moving dynamics and everything else. And so I'm excited about the topic we have today. I think it'll be pertinent to a lot of our listeners. Yeah, I think so. So today's Monday. We're recording on a Monday. And if you're a pastor, you know that Monday's a rough day. Uh, You're tired, you're spent, you've preached, you've poured out to people, you have had really good conversations where things went really well yesterday and attendance was up and and people became followers of Jesus. You saw people take uh, just big and small steps of faith. But then some Mondays are really hard. Some Mondays, things didn't really go well. Uh, The sermon maybe didn't go as well as you expected, the music wasn't on par, or um, or maybe someone came up to you and said, Pastor, this is our last Sunday, we're leaving the church. And you wake up on Monday, Monday's a hard day. And so today we thought we, we would talk about just that idea of what do you do as a leader when people leave your church? How do you handle that? Um, yeah. How do you walk through the emotional side of people leaving your church? And so we talked last episode about how you handle failure as a leader. And this goes right along with that. And so Casey, recently you wrote an article uh, about questions people should ask before leaving the church. And so we wanted to, wanted to kind of set this up because part of being a leader is helping people navigate where they attend church. And sometimes it's, it's good for them to leave your church as we'll see uh, towards the end of the podcast. And sometimes it, maybe they need to stay. And, and so Casey, you listed five questions that I think are really helpful. Um, the first one is, have you extended grace and the benefit of the doubt to the leadership? Now, what it, what does that look like in a church? Yeah, you know, what I found is even from myself, even before I became a lead pastor, either if I was on staff or a member of a church, um, I, I didn't realize it at the time. But in hindsight, I can see that I often projected a lot of frustration going on in my life from previous relationships, from dynamics with family, whatever, onto those who are in spiritual leadership. And, and one of the things I often looked for that was unfair in spiritual leadership was a functional savior, a Messiah of some sort, that, that they should be the living, breathing, tangible version of Jesus in my life. And, and so I, I realized that, hey, um, maybe the first thing to realize is if you're feeling frustrated with your pastor or somebody that's in leadership, are you giving them grace? Are you understanding that they're human as well and they need Jesus and they need grace and patience? And um, are, are you being careful not to make up too many stories by, and the way you do this, by giving the benefit of the doubt that, you know, they didn't say hi to me on Sunday or I don't feel that connected right now. You see the benefit of the doubt would say, you know, I'm sure they're extremely busy or, um, you know, I, I'm feeling disconnected. Well, I haven't been to church in three weeks and I'm not connected to a small group or a serving capacity anyway right now. I've withdrawn myself. So, you know, extending the benefit of the doubt is, is really kind of making it a we rather than me versus them. Um, and that's something that's very important because, um, you know, I, I don't know about you, Josh, but I think most people are really good about making up stories or filling in gaps rather than seeking out what's actually true. Well, yeah. And Andy Stanley talks about it in relationships, the difference between choosing trust and suspicion. Yeah. And he talks about how in that relational gap, you can either put trust into it or suspicion into it. 
And we always put one of them into that relational gap. And I remember when I was in seminary, I I took one counseling class. I, I don't really remember anything else but this one statement that the professor made. And he said that when people get angry at the pastor or the church, Uh, typically, not always, but typically, there is an area of their life, there's an authority figure in their life, it could be a parent, a boss, a spouse, um, whatever, somebody that they look up to or respect, or they really care about their approval. But there's an authority figure in their life that they are frustrated with, they've been hurt by, um, they have a broken relationship with, and they're not able to either reconcile it, or they don't know what to do with it. And so they take their frustration out on the closest authority figure to them, which typically ends up being the pastor or the church. Absolutely. And I'm, I've been guilty of that. I mean, I, just to be yeah. very, oh, yeah. very candid, it's like, you know, I, I get it. It's not even one of those things where when, when that happens, um, that I'm like, what is wrong with them? You know, and you know, I've talked about this before. It's super easy for those of us in leadership to, to feel victimized at time. And I just don't think that's a productive thing. At the same time, I think it's important for people who are part of the church and members of the church to extend that grace and benefit of the doubt. And, and also what I mean by extend grace is, Hey, people are in leadership will make mistakes. They will fail. Like we talked about last episode, we will make mistakes. We will fail. We will hurt people. We will be hurt. Um, and so it's really important, not only just to extend the benefit of the doubt, you know, and, and that's just kind of curbing the fact that sometimes there's no doubt. It's just clear that the person made a mistake. And so we need to extend grace and the same grace that we need and expect is the grace that we extend to someone else. Yeah. So the second question you said was, have you shared your concerns with leadership and allowed them to shepherd you through your decision? Yeah. Why should we do that? I mean, what, I mean, if I decide to leave a church, I mean, shouldn't I just leave? I mean, why do I have to talk to the leaders about (laughs) it? Why does that even matter? Well, and here's the deal, man is, um, unless the leader has just blatantly been harmful or hurtful to you. Um, I, I, well, let, let me back up a little bit. Either you're a consumer or you're a member of the body. Either you are a taker who's on the outside or you are part of the family. And, and if you're a follower of Jesus, you are a part of the body of Christ, the, the global body of Christ. And, and, and Jesus calls us to be a part of a local gathering. And so this isn't just some trite relationship that we're like, nah, they're not doing it for me anymore. I'm out. Unfortunately, in the church, we see people do that with their own marriages. And so yeah. it's not surprising when people do that. And I've had people say to me when I've asked them, I said, hey, you know, Um, the first time I hear that you're unhappy is when you've already decided to leave and you've made up your mind. I said, why haven't you come to talk to me? And they said, well, it's a personal decision. And partly, sure, I get that. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, you might need to transition from that church. But I think a way that you can really grow through that process is, is to have a series of conversations, sharing your struggles, seeking counsel and going in with, with, uh, with humility. Now, I mean, Josh, I don't know about you. I thought about leaving my church before, um, you know, a super rough season, a rough patch. I'm like, man, I'm just going to go do church by myself in the wilderness with my family or something like that. Right. We all have those, those, uh, you know, church in the wilderness moments. Right. You know, um, but, but, but even then I think, a lot of times we allow um, we make mountains out of molehills, meaning that we take small issues and make them grand issues without having a series of conversations. And, and let, let me be clear. It's easier just to take your ball and go home. I, I'm not going to yeah. deny that. Um, but I, I think, you know, th- there have been couples in our church who thought about leaving. I had one guy come to me and said, hey, we're really thinking about leaving. 
I encouraged them to stay and grow together and work it out. And he stayed, he and his wife stayed for a year. They served faithfully. And during that process, it just became clear to them and to us that, man, they grew up in a traditional Baptist church. We have no aim or desire to become a traditional Baptist church so they could better fit and serve in the kingdom in a traditional Baptist church. And you know what? It was yeah. sad to see them go. He's a strong leader, great guy, still a friend of mine today, but it was best for him and his family. And, and I wanted the best for them, right? Yeah. And that's the deal. It's like, I think most of us in, in leadership want the best for our people. And so, you know, we had an older couple that I asked to stay because I was like, we need older couples to be here, but they were going through a bunch of life situations. They wanted more people in their life stage and needed to transition. And they, we had a series of conversations and, and although I sensed when we first met that their mind was made up, they were at least willing to walk through the process a bit and, and to get some, you know, get some clarity around it. Sad to see them go. And typically with most folks in that process, they experience a lot of grace and they experience an invitation that they're always welcome back. Uh, yeah. There's a pastor in our area named Larry York who's been um, at, at Crossroads Baptist Church in the Woodlands for years. And actually, my father-in-law knew Larry back when he was a youth pastor. So they, he's, he has a long, faithful track record of ministry. But one of the things he's taught some of us young pastors is always end well with people because many times you'll see them back over the years. You know, yeah. And he said oh, he's yeah. had people be back at his church three seasons in their life. They were at his church, and they moved on again. Um, and yeah, so and I think it, it's important. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because one of the things that's happened for me is people will come and say, hey, we're really frustrated. We're thinking about leaving, you know, and here's why. And they'll point out something that maybe I didn't even realize was a big deal or I hadn't even seen. Um, and so sometimes those are really fruitful conversations. Those are really helpful conversations as a leader for you to listen to, um, for you to be able to go, yeah, like that, that's an issue. Or to be able to redirect somebody and say, you know what, you know, like the couple who wanted to be in the traditional Baptist church, like, hey, we're just not going to be that. Right. Like, we're, we're just not going to be that church. Or, you know, the, you know, in this season, you know, we're focused on this right now, whether that's something local or something global. Um, and to say, like, this is the heartbeat of our church right now. And so it's an opportunity to redirect that. Um, you know, and it's, it's really a question of engagement. I mean, a lot of times when, um, when people do leave without having a conversation, they're largely not engaged. Right. Um, you know, they're, they're not engaged in relationships. Um, they may serve and be in community, but they're not really engaged in those relationships. You know, I, I had somebody who left our church a few years ago and I remember, um, this family, they didn't even, they didn't tell me our church was a lot smaller than they didn't tell me. They, they told one kind of, uh, they told one leader and, and they just disappeared that. Yeah. A and it was really just for me, looking back, you're able to see, they weren't really engaged in what we were doing. They weren't engaged, you know, whether through prayer or actually being involved in the church, they just showed up. And it's not so much that they were consumers, like they served and were in community and all that. They just weren't engaged in it. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and I think this is a really important side note for pastors. One of the most important things you can do, I, I think the faster you can help people discern if your church is right for them, if they line up with, you know, your vision, your theology, your strategy, the, the faster you can do that, the better. Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's one thing we clarify in our membership class and the process we go through is, Hey, there, there's, there's time to move on, but there's a good way to do it and not. And here's the deal is, and this is where I think we miss it as leaders is um, we are called to make disciples of Jesus Christ and discipleship occurs through conflict, through tension, through hard places. Right. And, and, you know, look, if, if you're in a hostile, you know, if you're 
pastor is known or has a reputation or is, is on a track record of being abusive, then you got to be careful. But I'd still talk to the elders or leaders about your concerns and thoughts uh, along the way, right? And, and, and really engage that in a, in a wise and mature way because yeah. the Lord's working something out in that and through that. Well, so the next question you ask is, is it worth hindering your spiritual maturity? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People don't like that one, man. They, they don't like that because they're like, so why, don't, not... why don't they like that? Well, because they're like, uh, like, why do you get all the hate mail on that? Come on. let's. Yeah, say. man. Well, it's because it's like, <laughs> I, I, man, Rodney Wu, my professor in seminary, he would always say this. He says, when you're faced with two options, 99.9% of the time, the harder path is usually the one that Jesus meets you on. And um, well, that's good, man. Yeah, oh, I know it. That and, that is tweetable good. That, I know. I'm, I'm telling you, 99 percent of the time, <laughs> the harder path is the path that Jesus meets you on. And um, and I I don't know about you, but it's been the hard seasons that have really whittled my faith um, and conforming more into the image of Christ um, than just the the really good worship session that you know I had the warm fuzzies and the Jesus pimples on my arm, you know, um, the goosebumps. And so, you know, I, I think I think part of it is you know, what if that frustration helps evaluate, helps you to evaluate your expectations that are not being met and, and perhaps allow um, the reality of the idolatry of our own heart to point out that, um, that we are expecting the church to do for us that which only Jesus is able to do and yeah. to sit with that for a season. I think that's important for us to do. So I, when you think about leaving a church though, I mean, sometimes your spiritual maturity is going to grow by leaving, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I still think lead, leaving well, yes. mean, that, that's a deal. It's like, you know what? Hey, there, there are seasons to go. You know, I mean, I, I remember early in my faith, I realized as I was um, growing in my faith and, and struggling with, you know, theology and doctrine and everything else, that I began to realize that, um, you know what, I, just theologically, the denomination I was in, I just didn't align with. Yeah. And I, it was an integrity issue more for me. I love the people there still do. I still have a relationship with them yeah. and I can, I can align with them on many things. I could, you know, partner with them in ministry and preach the gospel and, and stuff like that. But to, you know, make my uh, spiritual home in that place, I, I just don't think it would be most faithful or authentic in that, in that context. Well, and I think to the point of leading well, I, I had a mentor tell me one time and, and he was talking about jobs, but I think this really relates to, um, when you change churches, he made the comment, he said, however you leave a job is how you start your next one. That's true. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, I think that's a big part of spiritual maturity, especially when we, when we change churches or ministries or jobs, um, you know, we, we take all that baggage and angst with us. Yep. Um, all that hurt, heartbreak, even if, even if we were in the right, uh, we take all that with us. And, yeah. and that just comes along with us and, and can make it difficult to, to start fresh, can make it difficult to start relationships well, can make it difficult for us to engage. And, and so, which goes right into the next one. Are you able, are you unable to communicate and handle conflict in a God honoring way? <laughs> and so this, I mean, this kind of goes w with all of them because like you said before, I mean, if we're honest, I mean, we all hate conflict. I mean, yeah. No one really likes it. Even the I mean, I know people who, people who like, oh, like I love it. Fighting, yeah, they're, they're sociopaths. I yeah, mean, it's like <laughs> no, we, we don't like conflict. It's no. it's awkward. It's hard, and we, we don't like feedback. It's incredibly difficult. It's so much easier, like you said, to just say, you know, and I'm frustrated about this, and 
you know, and I think it's important too, before unpacking this a little bit more, if you're a leader to understand that when you make a change, you know, whether you, you know, we talked last week or in our last episode about just a failure in our church of, of changing locations. One of the things that's important to understand is that when you make a change, whether it's new staff members, changing locations, service times, whatever, those are easy off ramps for people. Yeah. Those are incredibly easy off ramps for people to take. And I think leaders just, they don't understand that. They, so many times we're surprised at that. And it's just, it's easy then for people to say, well, you know what, I'm leaving and they associate it with that change, but that's not actually why they're leaving. Yeah. And and so, so just in your experience, you know, as you think about handling conflict in a God honoring way, like what would that look like? Well, I I listened to the book, uh, Crucial Conversations, you know, a couple times a year on audiobook, uh, because when I'm able to have those conflict, you know, handled rightly, it produces intimacy. And so helping people, discipling people through conflict, like, hey, I I don't see it the way you see it. Help me understand where you're coming from. You know, but a lot of people, right, it's just fight or flight. They're mad. They want to take the ball and go home. And they're not willing to have that conversation or they wait until they're so angry that it's just boiling over. Right. So one of the issues that that I've done is when people come to our church from a church split or their church gone poorly, I encourage them to go back and um, meet with the leadership and at least be reconciled before they come to our church, because um, if not one, it's it's difficult to see how they're ever going to be happy here uh, because we're a bunch of sinners who make mistakes, too. Um, And second of all, I, I just don't think it honors Jesus as his people. All right. So question number five is are you burned out? And, you know, one of the things I've learned in church, I don't know if you've seen this, Casey, but I feel like when a volunteer burns out, they feel like their only option is to just leave the church. Right. They, whether that's, whether that's guilt that they have, you know, that, you know, they shouldn't have burned out. (laughs) You know, we, we talked last in the last episode about how many times we have guilt about failing God um, in ministry. And how do you help somebody though, understand that maybe they're burned out maybe they just need to take a break? Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, most people don't realize they're burning out when they're burning out or burned out. Right. Um, you know, a lot of times people being burned out, they're just grasping for a reason to be justified in moving on. And what they're looking for isn't a new church. They're looking for rest. And, and mm-hmm. I think that, that, to, to pastor people well, to lead people well, they need to be encouraged both to sacrifice and work and to rest. And I, I think we, we do a bad job. For instance, I have a guy that's been with me since we planted the church around year three. He was ready to leave. He was just burned out. He was done. He was setting up and tearing down nearly every week. He's leading a small group. He's doing all, he was just burned out and depressed. And I said, look, I'm going to let you leave the church, but you have to stay for six months and do nothing. Um, you have to just rest and, and because my, my concern for him is he's making spiritual decisions during a season of his life where he's not really connecting with Jesus, walking with Jesus, enjoying Jesus. Yeah. And so when that's happening, it's like, don't make a long-term deci- decision during that time. I think a lot of times there, there can be spiritually abuse, a spiritual abuse, like, well, you just don't love God enough. You need to man up. You need to pray it out. You need to do this. And it's like, dude, you might just need a nap. You might, yeah. I mean, this dude had had, you know, four kids in five years or six years. I mean, it's just like, boom, 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 ton or three, you know, he had one child when we launched a church, had three more kids, you know, over the next few years. And I mean, just I'm burning it at both ends, man. And it was like, Hey bro, 
fine. If, if, if you're still mad in three to six months after just coming and being ministered to and encouraged, um, then, then let me help you find a new place to go. I'm happy to help you find a new place. Um, but ultimately, um, you know, a, a good leader will take somebody and, and notice that and help people pace themselves. If no one's ever been through ministry burnout, they're new to the faith or new to the kingdom, um, then then they'll have a tendency to burn themselves out by, you know, overworking or whatever. Additionally, um, I think it's important to acknowledge that sometimes people are going through burnout and they blame the church first because that's the easiest thing to move out of. Yeah. Right? They can't leave their job. They don't, they don't want to leave their spouse. They can't abandon their children. And hopefully that, that those aren't options. And so they look to the one place that they think they can shortchange. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we've learned is we, we make all of our small groups take the summer off. Yep. Um, we really encourage people to take breaks, you know, throughout the year and serving. Like I lead a leadership development group for six months and about every six weeks we take a week or two off from that um, just to try to live into a rhythm for people. Yes. Um, because the only speed that it seems like Americans know right. is fast. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and that's and until they hit a wall. And so, so we've tried to live into a rhythm and we've had people get frustrated about it. We've had people who have left our church because, you know, our small groups don't meet year round and, you know, they signed up to be in community until Jesus returns. And, um, <laughs> I mean, I've had people talk to me about I, I don't know why the church has and to I coordinate said, man, like, you, like you need a break. Like even, what? <laughs> well, and I said, man, like even, you have days off work. Like there are times that your boss even tells you not to come in. It's called Christmas and New Year's and Thanksgiving. And so like, I appreciate the desire. Um, but I, I just think leaders have, this is a great opportunity for leaders to try to educate their people and, and to disciple them into, Hey, take a break. Like even, even Jesus, he rested, man, rested and took a nap in the middle of storms. And, um, and it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, so as, as we think about these five questions, I mean, they're, they're more geared towards, you know, the reasons that people leave a church. And so as we wrap up, Casey, what are some things that you would encourage leaders to do in, in light of this? Man, I, I mean, ultimately we want, we want to give people grace upon grace as they transition out and as they move and leave, but but I think it's important to understand that, hey, there's more going on underneath that. And so we, we need to, you know, I, I remember when I first wrote this article, you know, some of the people in my church were like, oh, my gosh, do you think people are going to leave now because you wrote that? And and I'm like, <laughs> people leave anyways. I yeah. mean, <laughs> sometimes uh, without you even knowing. Right. Without, I mean, yeah, they disappear. And, you know, we're small enough still to, to be aware and the way we do our shepherding plan with our community group leaders, we're aware when people start bowing out. But I, I mean, I've been in ministry nearly 20 years and I can acknowledge and see when people are kind of fading. And sometimes I preemptively just go after them and say, hey, I feel like you've been drifting a bit. This isn't me being an insecure person. It's just me coming to say, I'm your pastor and I love you. What's going on? You know, and I encourage our community group leaders to do that, too. And, and sometimes people are in sin and they just need to repent and they need help repenting. Other times people are... Um, you know, they're in a place where they don't, um, yeah, they, they're just not willing to, um, 
you know, to do anything right now. And yeah. so, you know, they, you know, and people are still going to leave. They're going to still leave poorly and all that, but, but we need to disciple our people how to stay, how to go, how to endure, how to persevere, because that's really where the, the joy is found is, is, is with, like, like I said earlier on from the quote I stole from my professor. And I don't know if it's stealing since I was paying to be in that class, but uh, I don't know. You uh, did kind of pay for the quote. I did pay for the quote. So, and Dr. Wu is, is a good man. So, but it, I mean, it is, it's true. Typically when faced with two options, the harder path is one that Jesus meets you on. And, yep. and, and I think through that, that is where, you know, I encourage people to like long suffer, persevere, press forward, love and be restored, seek reconciliation, be a peacemaker. And in that man, that's where Christ is going to meet you. Yeah. And I would say to leaders, uh, one, Typically, people stop giving way before they leave your church. Yeah, that's and a so. If you want to sure. know if people are leaving, keep just keep a pulse on on who's giving and where that's at. Yep. And it, I mean, I realize there's a whole debate about whether pastors should know and all that stuff. But yeah, that, that'd be a fun. That'd be a fun podcast. That would be a fun podcast. But if you if you don't know, make sure the person who does know tells you. Yep. And right. um, and, and as well you know, one of the things that I've learned over these years is that sometimes when people leave your church, that's God protecting you yep. and that's okay. And I realize that, that sounds heartless and mean, but I, I can tell you story after story, either from my own life or other, other churches that when somebody left the church, whether it was a staff member, an elder, um, a volunteer, um, that, that after they left, it was good. It was okay. You'll be Okay. Those people don't belong to you. Yeah. Um, and, and so if that happened to you, if you're listening to this podcast and somebody left your church this past week, Sunday's coming again, it's going to be okay. And so we hope this conversation has been helpful to you. If there's a topic or a question that you have that you would love for Casey and I to answer, uh, you can go to leaderconvos.com and send us an email there and let us know. Thanks for listening on whatever uh, device you're listening on. And until next time, Casey. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of Leadership Conversations with Josh Wright and Casey Sees. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, head on over to iTunes or Google Play to subscribe to our podcast. Also, head on over to our website at www.leaderconvos.com.